0: Forgotten Stories of Football. Abraham Klein, the master of the whistle. How a little-known Israeli survived politics, prejudice and even the Holocaust to become the best referee in the world. Written by Rob Smythe. Part 2. Forgotten Stories of Football. From The Guardian. In part one of Abraham Klein, the Master of the Whistle, which we'd recommend you listen to first if you haven't already, we heard about how Klein survived the Holocaust and was one of 500 children who took a three-week journey to the Netherlands with little food and no parents. How a trip to buy a pair of trousers and a serendipitous ankle injury started Klein's refereeing career the meticulous preparation that put Klein a generation ahead of his time, including climbing mountains to acclimatise for the 1970 World Cup in Mexico, and the rapid rise that led to him refereeing the legendary match in that competition between Brazil and England. Forgotten Stories of Football Abraham Klein The Master of the Whistle The authority of Klein's performance in the England-Brazil game impressed everybody. Whenever people introduce me, even now they say, Abraham Klein, who refereed England versus Brazil, not Brazil versus Italy, or Italy versus Argentina. The pride Klein takes in his career is evident throughout, not just on a personal level, but because of what he achieved on behalf of a small football country. After the game, he paid a local photographer $100. At the time, it was big money for me, for a negative of him tossing the coin with Carlos Alberto and Bobby Moore. It is one of the hundreds of items of memorabilia that were on display in a room at his home until he donated them to the FIFA World Football Museum in 2017. He was invited to Zurich with his family for an unveiling of the archive. A night that turned into one big celebration. Abraham Klein, this is your life. It is a night I cannot forget, he says. I closed the circle on my career. His collection included the match balls from England versus Brazil in 1970 and Italy versus Brazil in 1982. A series of cards on which he's photographed with the likes of Alberto, Moore, Dino Zoff and karl Heinz Rummenigge. Rosettes, a silver plate signed by the Italy squad of 1982. A watch with a dedication from Ken Aston. You never let me down, not as a referee, and not as a friend, and even a toiletry bag from the Scottish FA. Every memento tells a story. He has a less welcome memory of the 1970 World Cup, Montezuma's revenge, which meant he had to pull out after originally being awarded the quarter-final between Italy and Mexico. I was very, very, very upset because I felt good after the Brazil game. His mood was improved when Sir Stanley Rouse told him, it is not your last World Cup. Klein was paid £10 for refereeing the England-Brazil game. In the future, he was lucky to get that. At the 1982 World Cup, the referees were paid only expenses. Back then, people really did do it for the love of the game. He never gave up his day job as a PE teacher. Money was not important. To have a game like England-Brazil or Italy-Brazil is worth more than a million dollars. Believe me, if I had a million dollars at that time and they asked me if I wanted to pay a million dollars to referee Brazil versus England, I would have written a check. It changed my life. It not only changed his life, it came to define it. I feel very good about this. Believe me. I lived this game all my life more than any other game the letter cut straight to the point it was written in 1995 by ken aston the former chairman of the fifa referees committee and addressed to klein thank you for your book it is a great shame that you made a great mistake in your refereeing career a very serious mistake from which you could never recover and one which everyone connected with the appointment of referees at international level remembered and what you ask was this great and serious mistake simply that you were an israeli i must tell you that had i still been the chairman of the fifa referees committee in 1982 you would without any doubt have been carrying the whistle and not the flag in the final i was happy to have been able to support you throughout your career simply because you deserve such support politics cost klein the world cup final in 1978 and perhaps 1982, a place in the 1974 tournament and permeated his career. There was, at first, a mistrust of a referee from a small league, although that kind of prejudice was the least of Klein's worries. In 1981, when he went to French Guiana as part of the FIFA Coca Cola project, he was originally refused admission because Israelis were not allowed. When the rest of the FIFA party said they would get on the first return flight unless Klein was allowed in, the authorities relented. Far more damagingly, the Munich Massacre of 1972, in which members of the Israeli Olympic team were taken hostage and killed, meant it was not safe for Klein to go to West Germany for the World Cup two years later. Israel did not become a member of UEFA until 1990, so there was no chance for Klein to officiate major European League games. He does not have any grievance and says that FIFA were 100% correct with me. If he couldn't quite access all areas, he at least got to go backstage. No Israeli was allowed to officiate in the eastern countries in Europe, but I refereed USSR twice. I also refereed Cuba versus Poland in the opening game of the Montreal Olympics, all the communist countries I was not allowed to enter. FIFA let me referee these nations when they played abroad. He also refereed the Intercontinental Cup match between Nottingham Forest and Nacional in 1980. Klein became a whistle for hire, although hire is a generous term given the amount he was usually paid. He refereed around 100 NASL games in four seasons and covered nine games at the Mini World Cup in 1972. Six as referee, including a quarterfinal, semi final, and the final, and three as a linesman. This was a particularly impressive achievement. Shortly before the tournament, Klein lacerated a muscle, had to put his leg in a cast, and was told to forget about participating. There was also a seriously awkward World Cup qualifier between Italy and England in 1976. There had been a climate of mutual mistrust for years, which exploded in a nasty match at the US Bicentennial Tournament six months earlier. With the stakes so much higher in Rome, FIFA called for its top man. The Sunday Mirror described Klein as the man with the most unenviable job in football. He dismissed as nonsense reports that he had been visited at his home by Italians and said simply, The game doesn't worry me. It worried almost everyone else. A bit of the old ultraviolence seemed inevitable. If all that Abraham Klein has to watch this afternoon is tongues, wrote David Lacey on the day of the match in The Guardian, he will be fortunate. Klein, on advice from Aston, used the advantage sparingly. It meant more fouls than usual. Forty-eight, but a game that never got out of hand. The game, while hard, was refereed firmly and sensibly by the Israeli Abraham Klein, who was quick to clamp down on anything that might provoke retaliation, said Lacey. The mirror said he ruled with an iron hand. Klein's excellence gave a lie to the old adage that the referee should be invisible. You couldn't fail to notice that you hadn't noticed him. Instead of becoming notorious, the match is now remembered for a classic goal from Roberto Bettiger in Italy's 2-0 win. After the game, he received another letter from Ken Aston. 19th of November, 1976. My dear Abraham, bravo, well done. Mrs Aston said to me, Abraham didn't let you down, and she knows how important it is to me. The fact that England lost does not perturb me in the least. It might be said that Italy were the better team, and certainly they were. But the best team was the third team of match officials. Please pass on to your two colleagues my congratulation. Klein covered so many great games around the world, but he never refereed a World Cup final. The English tabloids have not always been known for their support of foreign referees, the hounding of Jules Meyer after Euro 2004 was a disgrace, while Tom Henning of Raybo was openly ridiculed when he made a mess of the 2009 Champions League semi-final between Barcelona and Chelsea. 31 years earlier, the tabloids had only kind words for Klein, particularly the Daily Mirror. The first authentic hero of the 1978 World Cup has emerged at last. And it is not a pampered, overpaid professional footballer, wrote Frank McGee under the headline Abraham Restores Our Faith. He is Abraham Klein of Israel. Klein was praised worldwide for his immaculate performance in the group game between Italy and the hosts Argentina. With both teams having qualified for the second phase, it might have seemed like a nice easy dead rubber. It didn't quite pan out that way. Klein says it was the most difficult game of his career. At the time, Argentina was run by a military junta, and the sense persisted that anybody else winning the World Cup was simply not an option. After they beat the Netherlands in the final, one of the Dutch players said that his side would not have got out of the stadium alive had they won. He was only half joking. You can't overestimate how intimidating it was. In Argentina's first two games, 2-1 victories over Hungary and France, the referees had caved in to the relentless pressure of 77,000 shrieking fans. Hungary had two players sent off. France conceded a dodgy penalty and didn't get a much clearer penalty of their own. You can ask Platini what he thinks about that game, says Klein. You can ask Hungary for their opinion about that game. Argentina needed to beat Italy to stay in Buenos Aires for the second group stage. In his History of the World Cup, Chris Freddy said that Argentina's excesses were kept in check by the best referee in the world. Italy won 1-0. The crowd were very upset. I had no problem with the players. They respected me. The crowd, you know, they pay, and when they pay, they can tell you whatever they think about you and your mother. Klein turned down a couple of penalty appeals just before the break, which led to vicious abuse either side of half time. This time, his hands were not in his pockets. He strode off the pitch knowing he had made the right decisions, a proud monument of conviction and moral courage. When I'm on the pitch, only two things are important to me being fair to both teams and making my decisions bravely, he told Simon Cooper in Ajax, the Dutch, the war. I think all referees are fair, but not all of them are brave, probably. He looked the beast in the eye and did not blink. There was nothing more impressive in this World Cup, wrote Brian Glanville, than the way he stood between his linesmen at half-time in the Argentina-Italy game, scorning the banshee whistling of the incensed crowd. This is not to say Klein was entirely unaffected by the abuse. He is human and he needs not to be hated. The feeling was very bad, he says of his reaction at half-time. To avert a similar reception, he decided to delay his return onto the field. Instead of leading the players out, he let the Argentina players go first. His return was lost in the hero worship. It was an ingenious and highly successful manoeuvre. I felt stronger in the second half because I knew all my decisions were correct. I felt very good with this even after the game they told me don't go out the crowd is waiting for you i told them i'm not afraid i was never afraid in my career i knew that the crowd would do nothing after the game i was not afraid to do what a referee must do in the game there was no problem he keeps a scrapbook full of praise from around the world for his performance he had plenty to choose from in the english press ''Italy produced a marvellously balanced and coordinated performance to beat Argentina,'' wrote David Lacey in The Guardian. ''And much of the credit for creating the circumstances in which they were allowed to do so must go to Abraham Klein of Israel, whose firm, fair refereeing was precisely what the situation demanded.'' In the Mirror, Frank McGee said, ''He didn't make a single wrong decision in the whole 90 minutes of a marvellous match.'' My most abiding memory of the match is the way both teams queued up at the end to shake hands with Klein. They knew, we knew. He had done most to make it a match to remember. Forgotten stories of football. After another excellent performance in the 1978 World Cup second group stage match between, of all teams, Austria and West Germany, Klein seemed a certainty for the final. Pele thought it, Jack Taylor thought it, even educated Fleas thought it. But it went to the Italian, Sergio Gonella, reportedly on the casting vote of another Italian, Dr. Artemio Franchi, the chairman of the referees committee. Klein's consolation prize was the third place playoff between Brazil and Italy. Clive Thomas, the Welshman who also refereed at the tournament, called the decision an utter disgrace. Chris Freddy also described it as disgraceful in his World Cup history. To tell you the truth, I was very disappointed, Klein says. I think I was fit to referee the final. But only one man can referee the final and if I look back I am still happy with what I had in my life in my refereeing life Klein is certain he would have had no problem being impartial despite his affection for Apple Dawn lost control of the match even before it started with the kickoff delayed by over 10 minutes by Argentinian gamesmanship first they came onto the field late Then they complained about the bandage on Rene van der Kerkhoff's arm, even though he had been wearing it all tournament. The match was a nasty affair. Argentina did what they had been doing most of the tournament. The Netherlands showed why their name is all but an anagram of Neanderthals. There are a couple of theories for Klein's rejection. One is that Argentina protested about his links with the Netherlands. It sounds good. But at that stage, nobody knew of his year in Appledorn. Nobody knew because nobody asked me, he says. Nobody at the Argentinian government or FIFA knew about it, so that cannot be true. More likely is that he was punished for his performance in the Italy game, that Argentina bullied FIFA into picking another referee. Maybe this was the reason, he says. Either way, there is a startling lack of bitterness. Some of the journalists told me that some of the members of the referees' committee wanted me, but I cannot say a bad word about the referees' committee or the FIFA president. They supported me throughout my career. You cannot find many referees from small countries who had the games that I had. I refereed Brazil seven times, Italy seven times. They gave me the best games in the world. Maybe Gonella was better than me. For over a decade, Abraham Klein had controlled the best players in the world. He thought he knew about control. He was wrong. It is the one time I lost control, he said. He was sitting in a hotel in Spain, preparing for the World Cup. He had no idea where his son was, or whether he was alive. After 1978, Klein was due a quiet, trouble-free World Cup. Some chance. First came yet more politics. With Kuwait and Algeria having qualified, Arab TV stations threatened to boycott the World Cup if an Israeli was allowed to referee. On the 15th of March, when the referee's list was to be announced, Klein paced around the room like a teenager. I kept fiddling and checking my phone, he said. Is my line connected? Do I have a dial tone? As time passed, I became more nervous, more morose. I was in agony and felt I was going crazy." A few hours later came relief. Klein's candidacy had been unanimously approved by FIFA's Referees Committee, who had reached a compromise. His name would be erased from the screen during broadcast to Arab countries. After more bureaucracy – the Ministry of Education, Culture and Sports originally rejected his application for leave – Klein prepared to depart for Spain. Then things took a darker twist. Palestinian terrorists shot Shlomo Argov, the Israeli ambassador to the United Kingdom, in the head. He was in a coma for three months. Retaliation was inevitable. Klein's firstborn, Amit, was on active duty, but he reasoned with himself that a new recruit would not be in the firing line. He landed in Spain and settled in for a few days. Then the phone rang on the 6th of June. His wife told him that the war was on in Lebanon and that Amit was on standby. Suddenly, I went through a range of emotions that I never felt before. A worry mixed with fear, he said. My body was numb and a cold sweat started to cover me from head to toe. All I could do was to sit on my bed, feel sorry for Amit and for myself. And then, uncontrollable tears started to come down my cheeks. For the first time in my life, I was not in control. I lost it, and it was a feeling I could not bear. The next day, Klein found out that his son was in combat in the hotspot of Damour. He requested a meeting with Dr. Frankie, the chairman of the referees' committee, and said he was in no fit state to referee a game. Are you sure about this? he asked. Yes, I am 100% sure. My son is in combat in Lebanon. My family has not heard from him. We have no sign, no word whether he is alive. I am extremely worried about him and his whereabouts and therefore I do not feel like I am in the proper state of mind to referee a World Cup game. Klein spent the first round as either linesman or fourth official. For nearly two weeks he had no word of his son. On the 18th of June he ran the line in Italy versus Peru. I did my job while my mind was floating. I felt like I was enclosed in some space bubble. Mostly my thoughts were with Amit. That evening, he returned to his hotel to find a letter waiting for him at reception. Shalom, dear dad. Today is Friday, and, as you know, it happens to be my birthday. I'm celebrating it here, in faraway Lebanon. Everybody got recruited and called in. The Corps of Engineers has been operating on the Latani for three weeks. Sadly, a lot of guys that I knew got either killed or seriously wounded, and my heart is broken. I'm already waiting impatiently to see a World Cup game refereed by you. I wish to see you referee many games as well as the final. Here, everybody is collecting newspaper clips about the games and passes them on to me. Much success! We are all crossing our fingers for your success. Love, Amit. I could not stop my tears, said Klein. It is difficult to explain to someone the emotions that father goes through when reading a letter from his son in combat. What a difference a sign of life in the form of a small letter can make on a parent. Later, he heard his son's voice for the first time since arriving in Spain. When the phone rang in my hotel room and I heard Amit's voice on the other side, I thought I was hallucinating. How the heck he has managed to reach me on the phone in the middle of a war to communicate with me? It was one of the most exciting phone conversations that I had ever had in my life. He was not on the front combat lines as I had assumed, but his unit had done a considerable mileage on foot in search of the hidden enemy. His son, who would go on to become an international referee himself, implored Klein to return to refereeing. He had been assigned to Brazil versus Italy in the second stage. The magnificent Brazilians needed a draw to reach the semi-finals. An unconvincing Italy needed to win. Klein was peculiarly unexcited. He thought Brazil would win easily. He told his two linesmen that it will be a game that nobody will remember in a few months. How wrong was I, he reflects. He never refereed a World Cup final, but perhaps the greatest game in World Cup history is a decent alternative. When Paolo Rossi scored his second goal to put Italy 2-1 up after 25 minutes, Klein says the bell rang in his head. I realised that I was part of history in the making. The heat and end-to-end nature of the game would have been too much for most 48-year-olds, but Klein's fitness served him well. With the score 1-1, Brazil appealed for a penalty when Claudio Gentile pulled Zico's shirt so hard that he almost ripped it off. The linesman had flagged a second earlier for offside, however. If the linesman's flag had not been raised for offside, I would have whistled without hesitation for a penalty and given Gentile a second yellow card. However, Zico had a hard time accepting my decision. He was furious with me and continued to show me again and again the great tear in his shirt. I told him, so go change your shirt. Italy went on to win an epic 3-2, despite a furious late assault from Brazil that included Zoff's save on the line from Oscar. It was an invasion, like in Normandy, Klein remembers. Again, he seemed a likely candidate for the final. But FIFA went for Arnaldo Coelho. The obvious choice was Abraham Klein, said Brian Glanville in his story of the World Cup. But the referees' committee, pleased with itself and as incompetent as ever, compromised pathetically by assigning Klein to... the replay. Klein was appointed linesman for the first final. In '82. The best referee of the tournament was coelho and i was very happy that i was on the line he says i was the first man to congratulate him and i told him i was very happy i was with him had there been a replay klein would have refereed the world cup final at the age of 48. italy won 3-1 klein retired in 1984 at the age of 50. He would later be chairman of the referees committee in israel and a fifa referees instructor he also refereed at the special olympics in 1995 and 1999 now 86 he has the chance to experience the globe not just color it in on a map and to enjoy the friendships fostered through football it's unbelievable he says what refereeing has done for me is not only about the games and not only that i saw the world because when I was a referee, I travelled around, but I didn't see the world. Today, if I land anywhere in the world, somebody is waiting for me. It's a good feeling. And when they come to Israel, I do the same, believe me. A few years ago, he and his wife, Bracha, went on a cruise from Rome, first stopping off at the same hotel that Klein had stayed in before the Poland game in 1965. In reception, There was a man, not old, but maybe 60. I gave him my passport. He looked at my passport. He looked at it again. Then he looked at my face. 82, Italia, Brazil, I told him. Yes, Italia, Brazil. He gave me my key. It was a prepaid room. We got the lift and went to our room. It was a suite, an unbelievable suite. I told my wife, we must go back to reception. I did not pay for a suite. I paid for an ordinary room. I went back and I told him. He said, no, 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 no. It is our great pleasure that you stay in our hotel. Then he sent wine and chocolate to our room. Unbelievable. Klein still lives in Haifa, close to his daughter and his granddaughters. I am living in an apartment hotel, very close to the sea. I feel the fresh air. He still does around three hours exercise a day, swimming, gym work, or just walking along the beach. Even at the age of 86, he sticks to his fighting weight. I am very fit today. I am 65 kilos, just over 10 stone. The same as when I refereed England versus Brazil. I feel about half my age. When I go on a cruise, I put on two or three kilos because they feed you 24 hours a day. But when I get home, I work it off. I am a very rich man. You know why? I don't need to buy any clothes. Not the same shoes, but the same clothes. Then there are the leisure pursuits, for which there was so little time during his career. I am a happy man, I can tell you. Very happy. And, when I look back, I am very happy with my career. Very, very happy. There is no arrogance, just pride. And still, perhaps, a hint of incredulity at this unbelievable life. He does not need the validation of being called the best referee of all time. He gets validation every time he is reminded of his career every time he flies to a different part of the world and is introduced as the man who refereed England versus Brazil in 1970. It's enough to say that Klein was one of the greatest referees of all time and that he has lived a life like no other. Abraham Klein, the master of the whistle, was written by Rob Smythe. The reader was Raj Gatak. Studio production by Polly Thomas. Theme music composed by Mike Payne. Sound design by Eloise Whitmore and Tony Chernside. Forgotten Stories of Football is brought to you by The Guardian.